Good morning, Boker Tov. It's great to be back together for our weekly study, Living with Emuna. It's not a study as much as a support group and a reminder for all of us that we're never alone, that Hashem is always with us and watching over us and involved deeply in our lives. I want to thank our incredibly generous sponsors for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, who are sponsoring for yet another year of our Living with Emuna series. You can still sponsor individual classes. They've sponsored in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbid, Baruch Tzibin Ruvein Nasson, and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer, who lived a life of service to the Jewish community and chesed. We're very grateful to them for their generosity. Last week we began a new text, a new study, this uh, Sefer called Chovas Ha'adam Be'olamo. I would tell you who the author is, but he chose to remain anonymous. He has a series of many, many svarim on different qualities, character traits, different... Uh, different important areas to work on within our Judaism. And this is a thick sefer, Yaschovos Adam Be'olamo, and the volume is called Bitachom. And we began last week taking a look at uh, what he talked about is a universal challenge of humanity. And the universal challenge that we go through is a little something called loneliness. And he was not writing during a pandemic. He, by the way, is a contemporary author. These farm are still coming out. Um, but he was not, he didn't author or publish this Sefer on Bitachon, on faith and emuna and trust and Hashem during a pandemic. He wasn't talking about the loneliness of quarantine and the loneliness and the isolation of lockdown. And as much as there are many people who have begun to find companionship and camaraderie, we should know, I had a conversation just this week with a, a wonderful woman in our community who is still in a category that she is alone, described her Shabbos meal. She hasn't had a meal with anyone since March which is extraordinary and extraordinarily painful. We're trying to make sure that that can change in a safe and secure manner. Nobody should have to endure that loneliness, that sense of isolation, which could be as damaging, as dangerous, even as an invisible virus itself. So he describes this notion of bedidus, of being in bidud, of being in isolation. In, in Israel, that's the word. A person who has to go into lockdown, a person who has to quarantine, is in bidud. And that existential feeling of being badad. A person can be lonely in a crowded room. A person can have people all around them, have noise and voices and people, and yet feel incredibly lonely. And that loneliness stems from a feeling that no one understands me. No one truly knows me. I don't matter. We talked about last week, a young generation, tragically, those struggling with mental health who feel I'm not consequential, I don't matter, I'm invisible, nobody cares. So loneliness is not so much a physical description, whether you're with other people. Loneliness can be an existential description. Loneliness is a mentality. You can be lonely in a crowded room, you can be lonely in a crowded space when you feel that you're isolated, that no one gets you, that you're all by yourself. And what the author of the Chovah, Sa'adam Ba'olama, was trying to communicate to us is that at the core of bitachon and amuna is to know that you're never alone. Yes, it's difficult. You can't see Hashem or hear Him or smell Him or touch Him. But the more one works on examining the evidence of His existence, but even more empirically looking around this world and sensing and feeling, tamaruru kitov Hashem. Some things you don't have to be proven. Some things you don't have to have evidence supplied. Some things just taste, just experience, just get that feeling, just know. Look around at your life, experience this incredible world, and you will see and you will feel Hashem's presence in it. And when you can acknowledge, and when you can recognize, and when you can feel that you're not alone, that Hashem is here, He's a guiding hand on your shoulder, and He's holding you up, and His shoulder is for you to cry on. He's there for you to protest or object, and He's there to express gratitude and show appreciation. 
that when you feel that, you will realize that no matter what you're going through in life, you're never really alone. We're continuing to read in this text, which only I have, but you can listen too. When a Jew goes through life with this feeling, and it's a feeling that needs constant chizik, it needs reminding, and it needs strengthening. You have to wake up and you have to say, a hundred times a day you make a bracha. A hundred times a day God wants you to stop and before your cup of coffee, and then an hour later when you come out of the bathroom, and then your birchas hashachar, and then your lunch, your, your hamotzi, and then when you put on the tefillin, and when you light the candles, and a hundred times a day, interrupt and say, oh yeah, I'm not alone. Oh yeah, you're here. Oh yeah, what I do matters. Oh yeah, I'm not just the subject or object of randomness and chance, you're here. It's so easy to forget it's so easy to be distracted. It's so easy to get lost from that anchor which is supposed to hold us and help us and calibrate us that a hundred times a day we have to interrupt our day. A hundred times a day. Do the math. I don't know how many hours of the day you're awake and how many hours you sleep, but a hundred times during that day is pretty frequent, it's pretty often. So easy is it to forget that a hundred times a day you stop and you say, oh yeah, I'm not alone. You're here, you're in this room, and you're in my mind, and you know how I feel, and you love me unconditionally, and yes, you have expectations of me, and you hold me accountable. Schar, va'onish, reward and punishment are fundamental axioms of our faith and our belief. It's not just that God says, I want you to be happy, do whatever you want. He has expectations of us, and he holds us accountable, just like parents do towards children, but ultimately those parents love those children unconditionally, root for and cheer on and feel, tell me anything. It's a safe space. That is the way it is with Hashem, a hundred times a day. So when we go through our life with this feeling, even when you go through a hard time, a challenging situation, a frustrating moment, a depressing period, you don't feel like a leaf blowing in the wind. You don't feel like a victim of randomness or chance. But if a person has been training their whole life, getting ready their whole life, for when you encounter that struggle or that challenge, now you're ready. And now you don't just feel like a leaf blowing in the wind. You don't just feel like a statistic or a data point but you realize everything's from above. You have to know that Hashem is our Tate in Himmel, He's our Father in Heaven. So He has brought us to this place and He's done everything for our good. And everything He does is for our own good. It's for our benefit. When the storm Looks like it's heading to our simcha, or the power goes out. When a person, I know somebody that recently was supposed to be or scheduled or thought that they had, had signed a contract to buy a house and it fell through and they were devastated. And it's very devastating, it's depressing, it's upsetting when you envisioned a certain reality. You envisioned the simcha, you envisioned your life, you envisioned things flowing a certain way, you envisioned moving into that home or having that job or marrying that person or having that amount of children, and things don't work out that way. But nevertheless, a person has to know it's my father. And my father would never do anything to harm me or hurt me. And even when it feels painful, it doesn't mean it's bad. There are painful things that happen to good people that are not bad things because by definition, from Hashem, it's all good. And that's why we wish each other a Shana Tova, Umesuka. 
We don't say have a, just a good year because by definition it's all good. It comes from Hashem. We hope and we wish and we pray and we bless one another that that which is good should also be mituka. It should also be sweet. But it's all from Hashem. Everything he's done is for our good, is for our benefit. Also Abba, that father, he's constantly trying to put out his hand for us to grab it, take hold of it. And to pull us out of whatever struggle, to pull us out, to lift us up from whatever we're going through. So bitachum, trust and faith is that glue that attaches us to God, that enables us to cling to Him, that reminds us that we're never alone. As we said last week, it is so painful, so painful that the harshest punishment in the penal system is to put someone in solitary confinement. You want to really make somebody feel pain? Make them feel alone. And the opposite is also true. If you want to provide comfort and consolation and strengthen someone, then make them feel they're not alone. Reach out, send a text, drop off a soup, call, check in, be a presence in the person's life. And it gives strength, it awakens, it makes someone feel alive. It's the greatest source of pain, loneliness. And it's the greatest source of comfort, companionship. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our life is to make us know and feel we are never, ever, ever alone. Ever. I don't remember who told me this story, a rabbinic colleague and friend of mine, I don't remember which one, I apologize, of an older woman who had corona and had to isolate for 14 days. And 14 days, of course, was davening from the bottom of her heart that symptoms not developed that were dangerous and that the corona would not... uh, evolve or develop into something which was life-threatening. And 14 days with the door closed where meals were left outside that door. No companionship, no conversation, no visitor, no presence of anyone else. 14 days of complete and utter isolation. And when it ended, and thank God she's healthy and she came out and was asked by someone how she's doing, she said and described, she said, you know, 14 days, it was me my Tehillim and Hashem. For 14 days, there was nowhere to go and nothing to do and no FOMO, nothing to fear of missing out on and no one to be with and nothing to accomplish and no tasks to achieve. For 14 days, it was me, my Tehillim and Hashem. And she said, now looking back, I wouldn't exchange it for anything. Those 14 days of feeling that I wasn't alone, that I had companionship, that you can never be isolated or quarantined from Hashem, that no mask could be a barrier between you and Hashem. She said, what I felt and what I achieved and that closeness and that reliance and that dependence and that feeling of His presence in my life, looking back, she said, 14 days, me, my Tehillim and Hashem, and I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Now, we don't wish that isolation. We don't wish anyone to have to test it or discover that in that way. But my dearest friends, we all have that possibility. We have that ability. That is what bitachon is. Bitachon is that even when you're in the crowded room and you're about to get up to speak and you're nervous and you feel, what if this, that, or the other? What if I flop? What if I fail? What if something happens and I have to run out of the room? And you say, you know, there's no what ifs because I'll never be alone. Hashem is going through. He has got those concerns and He's going to lift me and He'll be here all along at the same time. Whatever you're going through in your life, from the highest high and the greatest joy to the lowest low and the biggest struggle, You are never, 
ever alone. And if you have to reduce the definition of bitachon to its core, and if you have to identify what is it we're working on and why do we get together every week, what we're working on is to develop and cultivate that sense within ourselves that we are not alone. There is no such thing as a Jew being in bidud. Yes, you're in bidud. My children who went back to Israel got out of bidud this week, and boy, did they break free. What a joy it is to go out and get that ice cafe and get out and feel like you're re-entering the world. What a gift. What a gift. And while legally and technically and medically we have that term called bidud, quarantine and isolation, but hashkafically, in our thought and in our philosophy and in our reality, a Jew is never in bidud, ever. A Jew is never alone, no matter what, and no matter when, and no matter where. There is no solitary confinement for a Jew, because he is always with us. Talk to him. What it takes to get an audience with people in high positions of power, but Hashem, all it takes is moving your lips and you have an audience with him. And even without moving your lips, even in your own mind or your heart, talk to him. Talk to him. We don't not only not reject or fear aloneness because Hashem is with us, to a certain degree, we cherish it, and we crave it, and we manufacture it, and we take advantage of it. We have something called hispodidus, where you go into a place of being alone with Hashem, where there is no noise, and there are no distractions, and there are no inhibitions, and you're not worried about what you look like, or what people will think, or how you appear in that room. You're in hispodidus. You're by yourself, just you and him. You're talking out loud. Not as if he's in the room. You're talking out loud because he's in the room. Tell him everything. Okay, Hashem, here's what's on tap today. Here's what we have to do. Help me with this. I'm concerned about that. What do you think I should do with this? Here's my struggle with that. Talk out loud to the point that if someone saw you, they'd think you were crazy. But you and I know that you're not crazy because you're not really alone and you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to him. Put differently, this is our mission. You know, we, we read in Eicha, Shifchi kamayim Hashem, I want to pour out my heart to you. Nochach p'nei Hashem. That word nochach means opposite. Nochach means in the presence of. Nochach means facing. Nochach means you're here. We're out for lunch, we're out for coffee, we're on a walk, we're on the phone, we're FaceTiming. You're nochach me. You're opposite me. You're present here. <clears throat> And that is our mission, that is our mandate. That's what Torah, that's what mitzvahs, that's what Judaism is about. That's what we're trying to achieve. And it's how we're trying to live. That you, Hashem, you're nochach. That I am nochach p'nei Hashem. And that's included. We learned recently that Bilvavi, the author of Bilvavi, Rav Schwartz says, that's what's implicit. Every bracha we make, baruch ata Hashem. That word ata is lashon nochach. It's second person. You, you, I'm making a bracha to you. I'm not making a bracha to me. I don't say barachat. I don't say Hashem is blessed. I don't know where he is right now. He's got a lot on his mind. He's trying to deal with a global pandemic. Wherever he is, I'm blessing him. I'm not blessing God like he's some third party. I don't know where he is. He's out of the room. I don't. Wherever he is, he should be blessed. No, baruch ata Hashem. Wherever I'm making those hundred brachos, wherever I'm having my coffee or whatever bathroom I just came out of, or wherever I'm washing for that sandwich, or wherever I'm davening, or whatever bracha I'm making on my tefillin, on my candles, on my shofar, on my lulu, whatever of the hundred brachas I'm making, I make it lashon nochach, baruch ata. You're here. I'm blessing you. You're right here. You are here. I give a bracha Friday night to my children. It's the minute I have for my father, for my parents. And my father, since we're young, has given us brachos when we're home. And in absentia, he's given us brachos when we're away. In our year in Israel, in those days, I spoke to my parents 
once every two weeks. In those days, I'm not archaic, I'm not a dinosaur, I'm not a dinosaur, but in those days, 92 to 94, there were payphones in Karen Biavna and Asimonim, and you'd call, put an Asimon, call, they'd return the call right back to that payphone, and it was extraordinarily expensive, and you'd talk for five minutes, once every two weeks, once every two weeks. Meanwhile, someone bemoaned to me last week that their child's leaving to Israel, they're gonna miss them, not gonna see them, what's it gonna be? And I said, my experience is, I spoke to my children, I saw my children on FaceTime 10 times more when they went to Israel for the year than when they lived in my home as teenagers. When they lived in my home as teenagers, I needed a search party to find them in their room, under their blankets, under their pillows. I, I don't know where they, for four years, I never saw or heard from them. The day they left to Israel, FaceTime 400 times a day. When I was in Israel, once every two weeks, I saw my parents. So my father would give a bracha to me, my siblings, when we weren't home, Friday night. He'd close his eyes, he'd think about us, and he'd give us a bracha. I try to give a bracha to my children wherever they are in the world on FaceTime if they're not going to be home, and of course at home on Friday nights. And if I didn't get that chance, then I, like my father, close my eyes and think about them. So if the person is not in the room, you're giving them a bracha wherever they are. When they're right in front of you, and my kids will be embarrassed I'm saying this, but I still make them sit on my lap and give them a bracha, and I will, even the one who's a mother has to sit on my lap to get her bracha. When they're right there, I give them a bracha. You're blessed, here are my wishes, my dreams, my aspirations, here's what a wonderful week we had, and you are blessed. And when they're not in the room, I'm talking about them, may they be blessed wherever they are, wherever they are. Every bracha we say to Hashem is not a bracha about Him wherever He is. We don't have to talk to Him once every two weeks. Every brach is lashen nochach, brach ata Hashem. Blessed are you, you, you're right here, you're right here. You're gonna be watching whatever I'm watching. You're eavesdropping this conversation, whatever I'm having. You're gonna be informing or guiding whatever decision I'm making. You're watching how I'm filling out my income taxes. You're watching what I choose to wear and how I'm getting dressed. You're choosing whether I'm gonna be on time or whether I'm running late. And you're also there for me when I'm down and depressed and anxious when I hang up that feel it phone and feel so frustrated and want to strangle the person on the other end, you're there for me to be a shoulder to cry on. You put your hand on my, around me and make me feel good. You lift my spirits and you make me feel I'm not alone. That is our job. Nochach p'nei Hashem. Shifchi kamayim libech nochach p'nei Hashem. To live our lives and to feel nochach p'nei Hashem. That we're opposite Him, that He's here that he's in that room, that we're not alone and we're not victims of chance and we're not victims of randomness. That is, that is the language of Amalek. That's this week's Pasha. The end of this week's Pasha. Remember what Amalek did? What is Asher Karcha? Rashi quotes three interpretations. One is Asher Karcha comes from the language of Kor, cold. You know what they did, Amalek? You know what they did? You come out of the living with Amun Ashir and you're on fire. There's Hashem and I love him and he's involved in my life and I'm on fire. And then you run into somebody who says, oh, please. Oh, you listen to Goldberg again? Who says there's a God and you can't even prove it? There's no evidence and why would he make bad things happen? And that whole, some cynical, sarcastic, hardened person, angry person, egomaniac person pours cold water on your fire. They pour cold water on your fire. Teenagers have that expression. I will not use the version that they have, but it says, why are you pouring cold water on my fire? When they get excited about something and you start to ask questions, or maybe it won't work out, or are you sure that's the best idea? They say, and I'm paraphrasing, why are you pouring cold water on my fire? Why are you pouring? That was on Malik. We were on fire. We walked away from our Sinai. There's a God, and there's a purpose, and there's a meaning, and we're here to repair the world, and we're gonna live our best lives. Isn't Hashem amazing? Isn't the world amazing? Everything is on fire. 
and they poured cold water on our fire. They extinguished, they, they absolutely cooled us off. They cooled us off. And the second interpretation Rashi says is, Asher Karcha comes milashem mikra, happenstance, chance. We said, you know, I'm not bent out of shape. I'm not worried, I'm not anxious, I'm not angry, I'm not nervous because everything's from Hashem. Whatever happens, whatever is, whatever will be, will be. It's all from Hashem, it's all for a reason. And they said, really? Are you sure? Because I think it's random. I think it's chance. I don't think there's a God. I think that there's science and data and statistics and, and there's chance and there's randomness and you are a victim of randomness. Maybe that's how they poured the cold water on our fire, by giving us that doubt. You know, Amalek is gematria suffolk. Amalek is the same numerical value as doubt because Amalek introduced doubt. What is bitachon? It's certainty. We've talked all about that for the last several months, that bitachon is certainty. I walk into every situation and I'm certain it will work out. How can I be so certain? Because Hashem, however it works out is the way it was meant to be. So you know what a great and comforting feeling that is? To walk into every situation and every scenario with certainty. I know it will work out. How could I know that? I don't have a crystal ball. Am I so arrogant? No, I know it will all work out because however Hashem makes it work out is how it was meant to be. So people with bitachon, with faith, live with certainty. Amalek is gematria. Amalek introduces doubt. You so sir, Are you so sure? Isn't it possible? Maybe? A little, just a shtickle doubt. They put in a little bit doubt. They pour cold water on our fire. A little doubt. Who says there's a God? Are you so sure it's meant to work out that way? And why are you so happy? And how do you know it will be? And how do you know you'll have that strength? So within our own selves, we have that voice of Amalek and our obligation this week's Pasha. Remember what Amalek did and eliminate, wipe them out. Eliminate, erase them. Get that voice out of your head. Get that voice of insignificance and of being inconsequential and of feeling invisible, of wondering if there's a purpose and a meaning, of wondering if there's a God. Get it out of your head, that feeling of loneliness, of being in bidud, and realize that you're nochach p'nei Hashem. You're never alone. You're never, ever alone. Talk to Him. Talk to Him on your walk or on your drive. Talk to Him in your kitchen. Talk to him in your boardroom. Talk to him in your bedroom. Talk to him. Talk to him. Unburden yourself on him. Thank him. Feel his love and support. That is our mission. That is our mandate. That is what Bitachon is about. Hachibur Bitachon. Is there anything that's more validating, more comforting, more supportive, more strengthening than knowing that God's got my back, that He's with me wherever I go, that I'll give it my best effort, I'll take my initiative, I'll do everything I can, but at the end of the day, my Father is with me? And he quotes here the Meshachachma, Rav Meir Simcha of Dvinsk. The Meshachachma writes, Bitachon is characterized or captured as ubo tidbak, attach yourself to God. We've count, shared this Meshachachma many times. Tidbak, um, dvekus, at the root of that word, is devek. Devek means glue. Glue yourself to Him. Glue. God is rooting for us and cheering us on and wants for us even more than we do. Can you imagine that? Do you believe that? You can understand that. 
Those who have been blessed to be parents and those who want to be blessed, I bless you that you should know that experience of being parents and grandparents. But those who are blessed to be parents know and feel sometimes that we want it even more badly than our children do. We want their success and we want their happiness and we want that outcome even more than they do. Avinu Shabbat our Father in Heaven, Hashem wants it for us. He's attached to us. Devek, Dvekus, Ubotidbak. Hashem is attached to us. And our journey is His journey. And our destination is His destination. Our success is success. And our failure is failure. He is along for this ride. He's with us and He wants it even more than we do. Bitochon is not a place that you go in a time of danger or fear or crisis. It's not a tower that you hide in or find refuge in in a time of crisis. It's not that I live my life like, God, I'm good. Hope you're well. I'll be in touch with you a couple times a year. I got it covered. It's all good. You all know the great story of the individual who has that job interview and needs the parking spot and is circling and circling and is going to be late and says to God, help me find a parking spot and I'll never speak Lashon Hara, I'll be on time in shul, I'll concentrate on davening, I'll say 100 brachos a day, I'll kasher my kitchen, whatever the deal, whatever the conditions, we've all been there, we've all done that. And the next time he circles right in front of the building where he has his job interview, punked, right then, a spot opens. And the man stops and looks up and he says, never mind God, I found one. <laughs> And, and you all know I've said that story many times, but is it not how we live our lives? Never mind, God, I got it, I'm good. I have my health and I have my income and I have my family and I have my life and you. I didn't even know you were here. I forgot that you're here. I haven't reached out a hundred times a day. I haven't responded to that bid for connection a hundred times a day. I haven't reminded myself that I'm not alone a hundred times a day. We think we've got it covered. So he points out this author of the Chovos Adam Olamo, that bitachon is not a place that you go to in crisis. You go to the doctor when you're sick. You go to the lawyer when you have legal problems. You go to the accountant when you have to file your taxes. You don't go to God when you have a problem. That's not the nature of that relationship. What would your marriage look like if the only time you spoke to your spouse was, by the way, don't forget to do the shopping, to take out the garbage, to renew the passports, to, to pay the bills. When we have something to talk about, when there's an agenda, that's when we spend time, that's when we talk. There are marriages like that, and they're called dysfunctional ones. They're very unhealthy. When they are a business relationship, and the only communication and the only time spent is when it's a collaboration to take care of things, then that's not a relationship. That's not a relationship. Relationships need time, they need communication, they need a person to confide, make themselves vulnerable, they need to be present, to feel present, to feel love, unconditional love at times. That's a relationship. And the same is true with Hashem. Bitochan is not the place you go to when you need Him. It's not the doctor, the lawyer, the accountant. It's not the person who's going to bail you out. Hashem is that relationship like a spouse, like the one that you love, who you want to get away with on vacation, who you crave spending time with, who when their name comes up on the caller ID, your heart still skips a beat even 23 years into marriage. That when they walk in that room, you're so excited to see them. And when you have a date night coming up, you're counting down to it. That's the relationship with Hashem. That I'm never alone. I can't wait for that conversation, that camaraderie, the companionship, that time that we're always together. He's not the place I go in crisis as part of my checklist to be bailed out. He's that place I go and I'm with all the time because I love. Such a dveikas, a devek, such a glue, such attaching myself to Him makes a person lean on and rely on 
Hashem entirely. With the absolute knowledge and certainty, the opposite of Amalek, that he's here, that he's nochach, that he's equal and opposite me. Mashkiach aleinu, that he's aware of, and his providence is involved in guiding my life. Metapa banu al kotzad vishal, he is involved with every step that we take. Vidoeg lechol tzarchenu ketanam kigedolam. And he worries and he cares about every detail of our life. From the large and the big, the most significant and consequential, to the small and the insignificant, and the things that we wouldn't even want to bother him with. There's nothing too small or too big for Hashem. Is there anything too small for us to care about our children? Is there anything too insignificant? We are His children. He cares. He loves. He knows. He is here with us whenever we let Him in. That's the great Kutzker. Where can Hashem be found? We spoke about it. It's not Uncle Moshi. He's here, there, and everywhere. That's also true. Machlokas Uncle Moshi and the Kutzker Rebbe. It's also true He's here, there, and everywhere. It's true. But the Kutzker was asked, where can God be found? And he said, wherever you let him in. And that's true. If you don't let him in, if you don't ever talk to him, confide in him, lean on him, protest him, thank him, then he's not there. Of course he's there as the omnipotent, infinite, all-powerful God. But he's not there in the sense that you have a relationship with him there. To be really there, to be there with an active relationship, to be there in a real relationship, that there is only when you let him in. Let's let him in. Let's invite him in. Let's want to be with him in that presence. A hundred times a day, let's remind ourselves we are never, ever alone. And that sense of aloneness doesn't have to lead to loneliness. There are two very different qualities. Aloneness and loneliness. You can be alone physically, but not lonely because you're with him. That's called hispodidus. We'll talk more about it. Hispodidus, how do you achieve that? How do you achieve that? Maybe we'll learn that next. How to really get into that and how to perform that and how to do that. I have a good friend here in our community who is Kabbalah. What he took upon himself for this Elul is three minutes a day to have a conversation with God. Now, three minutes a day, don't laugh at that till you try it because three minutes a day will feel like forever. Try it. You'll see 30 seconds. The first time you do it feels like forever. I'm not talking about a sitter or Tehillim. I'm talking about talking to him. What we were describing before things you're grateful for, what's coming up in your day, what you need his help on, what you're asking for him to give you some wisdom about a decision you have to make. I'm talking about really talking to him, really talking to him. The most authentic conversation I ever heard of someone between them and God was a conversation I overheard, not in purpose. I was at the Kotel many, many years ago before I was married. And there was a Sephardi man right at the spot next to me. I say he was Sephardi, which could sound gratuitous, but I say it complimentary because I think Sephardim live with that sense of amuna and nochach that Hashem is them even more. And he was talking to God like, you know, I went to my grandparents' uh, graves a few years ago and um, I don't know why I was moved to. I got very emotional. I started telling them about everything. I went through each of my children and my life and my job and the community. I just started telling them everything that was going on in my life and it felt so cathartic and I felt so connected with them. And you could do that anywhere. You could talk to your loved ones or you can assume they know what's going on anyway. Or, but talking to someone, it makes you feel connected and attached to them. And, and that was exactly the way he was speaking to Hashem at the Kotel. This is what's happening with this child and this grandchild and here's what's going on and let me fill you in in a nachas moment and here's what I'm concerned about. This one, I'm a little bit nervous about Hashem. What are we going to do? Can you get involved? I need your help. He was talking, not as if God was right there. He was talking like it was his best friend. 
It was unbelievable. That's what we're all capable of. That's what Dveikas, that's what Bitachon is about. It's faith and it's trust. It's knowing we're never, even if we're alone, we're never meant to be lonely. There is no Bidud when you live with Bitachon. There is no Mikra. Nobody pours water on our fire. Be on fire. Let him in. And that's where he will, in Mir Tzashem, be found. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy. Tonight, 9 o'clock, we go behind the beam with Bidi Deutsch and learn about her fight with the Olympics to be able to compete on Sunday rather than Saturday. Join us there. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Have a fantastic day.